0: This year, build your credit history with the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. No credit checks to apply. Get started at chime.com build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A., members FDIC. Chime checking account and 200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply.
1: Launching downfield, underthrown, and intercepted. Keely Rango has an escort down the sidelines. Heartbreak. The end zone. Despair, let
2: down, the choke. These are words Atlanta sports fans are all too used to all hear. Out to Until now. No more negative expectations. No more playing the victim. The no Atlanta
3: more fair weather free No
2: series. more.
1: 38 yard field goal by Morton Anderson. The hold, the kick, it's on the way, it's up and it going. The Falcons are going to the yeah. Super Bowl! The Falcons are going to the Super Bowl! From the mesmerized studios in Woodstock, Georgia, Believe Entertainment proudly presents Believe in Atlanta Sports with your hosts, Robert Tate, and the commissioner, Mark Rich. Hello Atlanta sports fans and welcome to this, my coronation, this is the coronation episode because what I have done, I have crowned myself the king of all Atlanta sports talk, I am the king of believe, you must all bow before me, I am King Podulus of Podcastia and that sounds so ridiculous and I look ridiculous and, and, and we, I, I even did this, we have on our show today, he was so great to come on. Retired NFL defensive back. He was a linebacker. He was a safety. Nine seasons, I believe, if I'm correct. Mr. Brian Scott.
3: Good morning, y'all. Good morning.
1: And you're probably wondering, what have I gotten myself into? (laughs) And what is going on here? Well, I thought
2: I was the jester.
1: (laughs) I look ridiculous. And because I look ridiculous, I'm going to try to make a point. We had a show not too long ago. uh, The Lions played the Falcons in preseason you, you played a little preseason football, and, and I'm of, of the mindset that, it you know, not that it doesn't matter. I know, are you one of the guys that was like, mm, preseason? I'm not a, not a huge fan. I know a lot of guys <laughs> don't like preseason. That's true. So what happened is, you know, Desmond Ritter, he, he came out, and he looked okay. He looked good. He made some nice plays. But the Atlanta sports world went crazy and said he's not leaving without a Super Bowl. He, he is the chosen one. He is Neo. You know, just forget about everything else. And I said the sample size is a little too small, and that's ridiculous. Now, we've, this is our sixth show. The sample size is a little too small for me to go crowning myself the king of, of everything in the, in the sports talk world. And we already have Chuck Oliver. He, there's already one king in Atlanta. Maybe we can duke it out. But
2: I'd pay to watch that fight.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I'm going to get ready. I'm going to change here. I'm going to take this ridiculous get up off, put my hat back on. But uh, we did our homework and and we have a little bio on you for the fans out there. Mark's going to run it down. But and then we're going to let you take the mic and tell us exactly why you're here with the two of us this morning. Uh, He started a business. You were on Shark Tank. And we're going to let you do the rundown. And then after that, we're just going to chop it up and see where it goes.
2: So I uh, I got real excited and I was like I'm gonna be like the dude from Hot Ones and I'm gonna get Brian Scott with some really cool stuff <laughs> and <clears throat> I knew your name I knew who you were but there was just something that I couldn't couldn't get I like I was like damn it there's something about him I know there's something about him and then as soon as I hit my little deep dive last night I was like man so half the reason I'm doing this is because I. Fell in love with the two live stoops.
1: Hey, and your name came up so
2: often from those guys. Uh-huh. So man, that's so awesome. Your your cousins with Doug my and cousin, Ryan. Doug right? and Ryan. Yep,
0: Perfect. that's my family.
2: Right on, man. Yes, I, and I was like, there it is. Okay, now I'm comfortable. Now I, it's it's not gonna bug me. It's not gonna be in the back of my head. But yeah, like I used to when I first moved to Atlanta. And sorry to talk about me; this is kind of rude. No, not um, at all. When I first moved to Atlanta, I was actually selling life insurance, but I was traveling selling okay. life insurance. And I moved up here, and I moved in with one of my roommates from college. And he's like, "You gotta listen to these guys," because <laughs> he, he got me the he got me the job. So he was doing the same thing. He's like, yeah. "I listen to these guys every single day," and then I did mm-hmm. for forever and ever and ever. And it, I, honestly, like it just, I, I've always loved sports. I've always wanted to talk about sports for a living. Yeah. But listening to those guys was just so unbelievably fun. <laughs> I was like, now this is it. This Very makes sense to me.
3: And you know, that's how they always were. Family I don't reunions, doubt it. Oh, they're bro- brothers, right? Just well, going at it. Hear you it. hear it. Oh. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. so great.
0: <laughs>
2: but enough about me. I, I just thought that was so cool. Um, yeah, College of Penn State. You're from Pennsylvania. Yep. Uh, Drafted in 2003 by the Falcons, uh, pick 55, round two, um, 592 total tackles, 10 and a half sacks, nine forced fumbles, nine fumbles recovered, 11 interceptions, two touchdowns. You know, I think they cheated me.
3: I think there's three, actually. Three touchdowns? There's three.
2: That's even better, because
3: my next question was, do you remember
2: all your touchdowns? Yeah,
3: there's three. They cheated me out of one. Please tell me about that. I I totally will. So one came in, uh, we played San Diego, the Chargers, and uh, Phillip Rivers, he went back for a, uh, it was a screen pass, and he went to throw the ball, and he fumbled it, and I knocked it out of his hands and recovered it in the end zone. That was one. Another, Mark Sanchez returned for a touchdown, and the other, Cincinnati, the Bengals. An interception for return. So yeah, they cheat. Man, I need to call NFL.com. Let's get hey, Goodell on the phone I, right I now. I need to do that. I'm just going to send a strong as a defensive email. player. They don't come very often. Yeah, Cherish no, that's those memories. That's
2: why they're. That's why they're so. Uh, that's why they're so amazing. Um. So we talked a little bit before the show, and I said I wasn't. I was going to skip over. Uh, you were with the Falcons till 06, and then I told you I was going to skip over 06 to 07 because you went to our. Our, our neighbors that smell like corn dogs down in New Orleans. We like to call them the ain'ts. Be, be nice.
3: Be I, nice.
2: I, I know, but then that's – I was going to lead into the fact, but then you explained to me uh, a, a different story, which made me kind of retract what I was going to say. So tell me a little
3: bit about the scenario when you went to New Orleans. Yeah, so when I got I got, I got traded. And, um, you know, at first, thinking, oh, I'm going behind enemy lines, going to play for the Saints – I don't like any of the guys on the team, <laughs> you know. Um, but when I got down there, it was really a completely different vibe. It was Coach Payton's first year. They had just brought in Coach Payton. Drew Brees had just signed, got there. Uh, that draft, we drafted Reggie Bush. But it was the year after Katrina. And so going down there, as I was flying in and I'm seeing all the devastation, you know, on the buildings and the the, the watermarks that are super high up, thinking like, man, this whole area was underwater. I was thinking, I am I here? Like, God, what are you, why are you sending me to this place of all places I could have ended up? And, uh, that season was just magical, man. Yes. The, the team did really well. Ended up going to the NFC uh, championship game. We lost to Chicago, but I spent a lot of time in the community and I loved that kind of stuff. And that was so fulfilling and just doing a small part in helping to rebuild the city. So it meant a, a heck of a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. Way bigger than football, way so. bigger than football,
2: man. Yeah. Um, then uh, signed as a free agent for Tennessee, you said, mm-hmm. and then released, and right before that, uh, picked up by the Bills, where you spent six, six years. years. Yeah, man. Uh, we did talk a little bit before the show. I do have one question. Yes. Do you like chicken wings? I love chicken wings.
3: Atlanta or Buffalo? What's better? Uh, I got to give it to Buffalo. Stop it. I know. It's the home. It's the home of. Yeah, I mean, it's called Buffalo. Yeah, Buffalo wings. I don't,
2: oh okay. It, it is there. It's fair. I went to Buffalo once in my entire life yes. when I was younger, and I wasn't, I, I didn't know. I didn't know what I didn't know back then, or else I would have tried <laughs> more wings, and I haven't been up there to try more. However, there's an, the, the Anchor Bar. The Anchor Bar.
3: They just opened the one up here. Not great. I haven't been to the one here. Not great.
1: Oh, you got to go, because yeah. it's a Bill's Bar.
3: Okay. okay. Bill's Spackers Mafia. Bar. Yeah, Bill's Backers Bar. We're going to yeah. talk about that a little later. Okay. But, Okay. Well, I, I will say shocked. so. I will say the Anchor Bar to me wasn't one of the favorites. There were other local spots, and uh, and they also have the the Buffalo Wing Festival up there, where they it's the baseball stadium that's up there, and they the entire stadium they fill the the infield, and you're just down there. Vendor after vendor after Everybody vendor after is vendor best Is there a
1: dunking booth filled with ranch and ranch, you get to throw ranch. it? See, yeah. we, I don't think we do Blue cheese. Uh, is blue cheese. Okay. Yes, I like sir. both. All personally. right. Now, see, I'm neither. <laughs> Wings or flats or both? I'm a I'm a both
3: guy, but I know yeah. a lot of people prefer flats. See, I yeah. would
1: argue that if you don't like both, you're not really yeah. a wing person. Yeah. I like both. I'll tear them both up. Oh, yeah. Not to mention,
2: <laughs> they do understand that that has to be broken into two pieces, right? So well, see, there's way. some
3: places where you can put the flat in your mouth. You're, oh, yeah. It, oh Clean. I, it's, can I yeah. tell a
1: chicken wing story real quick? Go for it. I uh, had just gotten to college. Well, no, I I had been in for a little while and I transferred to University of Georgia and I was working in an Italian restaurant and there was this really pretty waitress and I liked her so much. And I wanted to go out with her and I, and I finally got the courage and I asked her out and we went out on a date. Very casual, you know, just downtown Athens in the summertime. I don't know if you've ever been down to Athens. I have. Okay. Yep. So we order wings and they get to the table. And she proceeds to start eating chicken wings with a knife and a fork.
3: <laughs> that was the last. You day, run away huh? from that psychopath.
1: But listen, listen. I got up. I went to the bathroom. I flagged down the waiter. I paid for everything. I said, you know, here's a little extra if she wants another drink or something. And I left. Sure, can't do. Nope. No,
2: no, no, no. There's a story. Dead eyes. Like what was going on there? Like there's, there's, there's something wrong there. Uh, oof, man. Uh, and I'm, so I meant to tell you this earlier before the show. So we do this thing on the show called the fave five. Okay. And uh, I put a, a little poll up on Twitter to see what people wanted to hear our favorite five of this week. So before the end of the show, I'm going to ask you about your favorite five Adam Sandler movies.
0: Before oh, you man. Go. Okay. So All just right. to give you time yep, to think, time about, to it, think, so think about it. I am to put you on yeah, the spot no about worries.
2: that stuff. <laughs> um, but so uh, I also read in I Don't Want to Butcher the Name. The company you went on Shark Tank for? Yes,
3: Noeen. Noean. Noean.
2: Okay, uh-huh. perfect. Um, now, I also see that you're the VP of Strategic Growth for Foot Solutions. Yes. Is that okay? Yes. Do those go hand in they hand? They go hand in hand. They Beautiful. do. Beautiful. Tell me
3: a little yes. bit about that. Uh, so first, starting with Noeen or Foot Solutions? Sure, both, uh, however both. they go. Okay, so uh, years back now, I guess it's been about seven years ago, um, was on Shark Tank for the com- for the product, Noean. And what Noene is, it's this shock absorbing material that absorbs and disperses what we like to call high frequency shock. The best way to describe that is if you were to take a metal bat and hit a metal pole, the vibration that comes down the bat and stings your hands is high frequency shock. So the, what happens is Noene's able to absorb and internally disperse up to 96% of that shock. So when it relates to the body, like whenever you walk or run, jump, especially on a hard surface, foot strikes the ground. And then those shock waves hit your feet then your ankles, then your knees, your hips, your low back. And it, it just protects the joints. So when I presented this on shark tank, the sharks were blown away. I mean, the presentation is amazing, right? There's no magic behind it, but the science is all there. And uh, Mark Cuban and Damon, John, they made an offer on shark tank, which is really neat. And um, the deal went through, you know, everything is going really, really well. And then foot solutions eventually comes to the table and they acquired it. And so I'm now part of Foot Solutions because I'm still on, so I'm a partner in Foot Solutions, and my day-to-day is helping to grow the brand of Foot Solutions. That's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty cool, man.
1: I've (laughs) got to get my hands on some of those because at the end of the month, I'm walking 30 miles in Atlanta for breast cancer, so those would probably come in handy. And I think now you're partnering with the Falcons?
3: Yes, yes. But before you go there, uh, what walk are you doing? It is. It's called It's the Journey. It's the, it's journey. the two day walk for breast we're cancer. We're sponsor. Stephen Are you really? Tucker, yes, is the executive director. Give me a shirt. I'll wear it. It's got to be pink, though. Yes, it has to uh, be pink. Yes. Maybe maybe if Great you're in town,
1: you can come out. Uh, we're doing a benefit, actually, at Gustin's yeah. and Ackworth on the 28th of September, Wednesday night. We've got some music. Yeah, uh, We're going to call it a pink out. Yeah. Everybody's going to wear pink. We're going to raise money for cancer. And then we check into the Marriott that yep. Thursday for the walk.
3: Man, that's awesome.
1: I will buy a pair of those. I'm not kidding. Come on. Great. We're walking 30 great miles. organization. Do they fit them or do you get
3: custom fit? or So just- Noween is trimmed to fit yes yeah, i'm getting some but yeah. but come on into the Done. store man so we can make sure you're wearing the right footwear you know we, we got you hooked. i also up. run gustin zachworth so i'm on
2: my feet yes. like 60 hours a week so yeah. i'm probably gonna have to come get custom fitted come too. on this is, this is gonna be <laughs> no. I'm, in. I'm all in <laughs> no, I'm, I'm dead serious That's, i'm probably gonna I'm bring crazy. you a
1: few people uh from our team because uh they some of them have foot problems and yeah. they don't make the whole walk every year and they were like yep. if only i could have something more comfortable and
3: Come Look on. We, we got you. We'll, has we'll, intervened. we'll keep you ha- healthy and happy on yeah. your feet. We got you. <laughs> so one other
2: thing that I found, too, um, there is an NFL players choir. Yes. I did not know that existed. <laughs> and you guys, you were a part of that. Yes. And you guys were on America's Got Talent. Yep. Um, yep. Better singer, you or Isaiah
1: McKenzie?
3: Ooh, you know what? I'll give it to Isaiah.
1: <laughs> oh. Now, is, there, <laughs> is Isaiah. there anybody? Who's the Aaron Neville like, is there, like, one big, just mean NFL player, but he has the voice of just like an angel? There's a lot of them.
3: Yeah? There's a lot of guys. yes. There's yes. A you lot. know, Aaron, Aaron McKenney. yes.
1: Aaron Neville looks like he, <laughs> he's a bad dude. He's got the dagger hanging from his ear, and he's got, like, I mean, he looks tough. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying he's not. He probably is. But then he starts singing. It's like, what a sweet man, you know? People get pregnant <laughs> through their ears. Yeah. yeah, the Neville brothers, man, they're great. And they're, and they're from New Orleans, by the way. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that
3: experience, though, on America's Got Super Talent. cool experience. So, yeah, you're right. Not a lot of people know about the NFL Players Choir. And it was actually formed. So at the site of the Super Bowl every year for the past a little over 20 years, it's called Super Bowl Gospel Celebration. And it is an, an event. It's the actually the only gospel event that's sanctioned by the NFL. And so you would have all these gospel and Christian recording artists that come in. And they grace the stage. Well, one year, it was Patti LaBelle early on. Oh, man. And Patti, so singing, and then she looked out in the crowd, and she was like, I see a lot of handsome NFL players that are out there, but I bet none of y'all can sing. And one by one, guys started coming up, and like she would hand them the mic, and they would sing something. So that's where the idea was birthed. Actually, the executive producer, her name's Melanie Few, she had the vision and say, why not get all of these guys together and create an NFL player's choir? So for every year, we would be up there in, like, robes, singing. You know, it was really cool. But it wasn't necessarily about singing for the players. It was about an extension of the locker room. So getting guys together and just being able to, you know, share stories. And obviously, enemies on the field. But outside of that, it's a big brotherhood. It's a big fraternity. Sure. And uh, so we would do events, one or two events a year for charity. Um, and this past year, we, did, we sang the Pro Bowl, the national anthem at the Pro Bowl. And in doing that, the producers of AGT, somebody reached out and said, we think you guys should audition. It would probably make a really cool story. And uh, we thought about it. We're like, AGT, you know, yes, no, yes, no. Eventually ended up doing it and went out there for the audition, had so much fun. We sang Lean On Me for our audition. And, uh, you know, they put this track together and we're trying to sing and dance. I mean, it's like the funniest thing. And so Simon says afterwards, he was like, that track was terrible. I want to hear you guys sing a cappella. Like, are y'all really singing? <laughs> and we looked at each other. We we're like, "All right, ready? Uh, let's go." And we started singing and you know, we got a standing ovation and they pushed us through to the live rounds. So, just a couple of weeks ago, we were back out there in California singing in the live rounds. Which is cool. Man, oh man, that is amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. <laughs> I think
1: they I, I read something about how uh you, you got edged out maybe by the Bare Naked Ladies. <laughs> Which you have more talent than they do. I'm just saying, don't feel bad. Like, these guys are terrible.
3: Well, that was long, so that was com- something completely different. That was, was it? yeah, Monday Night at the Mike. Oh, rookie yeah, that's year, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Monday Night at the Mike, my rookie year. It was a round robin musical competition, and they paired a player with a recording artist so i was paired up with michelle branch yep and made it to the finals and got beat by doug flutie and the bare naked you leaders. got yes. job that's something like old <laughs> school <laughs> yeah. <jobbing>. see
1: okay <laughs> the bare naked ladies brought in the magic flute so what are you gonna yeah, do yeah, that's I mean. doug
3: and doug was like i've been playing the drums longer than this guy's been alive you know i was like yeah very true
1: now you play piano i do and uh, i want to say trumpet
3: no, sa- little saxophone. saxophone. saxophone yeah, yeah, little saxophone guitar, but piano's my main, yeah.
1: Man. Now, can you play stride?
3: <laughs> I don't know. A little stride
1: piano, kind of Ray Charles, a la Ray Charles, J.D. Yeah. Fox. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like it. So I also
2: read that you have title boxing in Alpharetta. Yes. Can you teach me to box?
3: We can teach you to box.
2: <laughs> Fair enough. I'm we can a, teach you to box. My mom lives out in Alpharetta, so I've seen the title boxing out there, going to visit her. And yeah. I, I'm, I've i always just wanted to get into, I have such a problem working out because I don't like working out with other people. Okay. But I also don't know exactly what I'm doing. So yeah. the, the boxing workout, like watching boxers work out always seemed to make the most sense. It seemed to be the most <laughs> effective to me. It is very effective. It is very effective. I mean, have you seen Rocky? Yeah, no, but that's Apollo. That's my point, but there seems (laughs) to be, there's purpose. You know what I mean? There There seems to be a purpose and a method to what's going on. So I've always thought about it. Now, do you, do you
3: actually, do you work there? Do you own? So own it. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And work out Mm -hmm. there. I do work out there when I'm, when I have the the moments to get over there. Fair enough. Yes. That's that's the Um, other thing. Time for a long time. Actually train classes too. You know, we train a couple of classes a week. Um, I really enjoyed it. I mean, it's great. I got into it. So after my rookie year, the vets were like, B. Scott, we're going to go box in the off season." And then my first thought was like, nah, I'm good. I don't, I don't, I don't, like I don't a, box. It seems like know. a trap. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Is this part of rookie hazing? <laughs> Are y'all going to get me? Um, and they were like, no, this is how you're going to stay in shape during the off season." And we went down to this spot down in Buckhead. And a bunch of guys from different teams. This is where it was. And by, you know, I got it. I got in a round or two, and I was just dying. I was like, man, I thought I was in shape. Mm -mm. And that's how I kind of fell in love with it. So once I retired, I got into the the, uh, franchise, Title Boxing Club. So
1: I want to preface this by saying I am not here to say I can box or ruffle any feathers. (laughs) But, you know, like everybody always talks about, you know, I I don't see why it's that hard to hit a baseball. It's like, you ever stood in the box and seen a 98-mile-an-hour fastball? (laughs) I've seen it. Uh, my cousin played for the Indians. It, you know, He was 97, 98. It's, it's crazy. I would like to climb in and, and say, hey, all the respect in the world, just so I could say, hey, y- you ever been in the ring with a boxer? Just to <laughs> have the experience, but I'd like to do it. But I wish somehow I could get involved and help save boxing because I love box He'll tell mm-hmm. you, I love it so much. There wasn't a fight back in the day that we didn't go rent a big screen TV, yeah. have yeah. everybody over – Man, and people always dog on money, Mayweather, but man, that guy is pound for pound, one of the greatest defensive. They always talk about the shoulder roll. And I'm like, the point is to not get hit. That's right. And he's a master of it. He's one of the greatest boxers ever. And I would, you know, I tell people all the time, they're like, you don't like UFC? I'm like, no, I like the sweet science. Yeah. Because it it, it is a science. There is skill. Like, not everybody can just jump in there and do it. So I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to do that. Maybe I can just start hanging (laughs) out. It would be great. I just, I remember
2: when UFC first came out and it was like giant people versus little people and the little people were choking them out. Uh And that was
1: just so... Voice Gracie, you remember him? Yeah, a hundred, a
2: hundred percent. But that, that was fun. You had, like, Tank Abbott versus Hoist Gracie, and you're like, mm-hmm. uh, what's going to happen here? And then the little dude climbs the big dude, and then yeah. the big dude falls, mm-hmm. and it was amazing. And a amazing. lot of times
3: you didn't even know what happened. They would be down on the ground, and all of a sudden so the big fast. dude is tapping out. You're like, what just happened? You just wait for the slow-mo replay <laughs> right. to find out what just right. went down. Yeah. I remember
1: the first time I saw Kimbo Slice, yeah. oh, and it was at, yeah. like, 2 a.m. on some odd channel, and he was in Thailand somewhere. And I was like, <laughs> look at that guy. But, man, he he moved like a cat. Oh, I mean, it was crazy. Kimbo, but man. now it, now it's a shell of its former self. It's well, it just it, it
2: it took over kind of like wrestling did, but it, it's sad because all the I feel like all the guys that were boxing when, yeah, I don't know what that was. Sorry, I think <laughs> that's our cue.
1: They may be uh you know uh, switching the switching the oh, film over yeah. and everything. They may give him I had a stopwatch on second the second alarm half <laughs> for the second half. We'll keep going until they tell us to stop. Though,
2: yeah, no, um, I.
1: What was I talking about? UFC? Mm -hmm. Yeah. When uh, I I
2: just feel like all the guys that were training to be boxers saw Mm -hmm. like the writing on the wall and then Dana White turning it into something much bigger than it started out being. And the people who could have gone on to be amazing boxers decided to become multifaceted and go for the glitz and the glamour. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of really took away from boxing, which sucked, because I just remember. I remember the first bet I ever lost in my life, my dad took me to watch the Tyson-Holyfield fight, Mm. and I bet on Tyson, and I bet a lot of money for Was this the ear bite? Yeah. (laughs) I bet a lot of money for... I was at the Georgia
1: theater watching that fight in Athens.
2: for For a kid, and then I swear... He bit his ear and I was like, what just happened? And my dad looked at me and he said, well, that'll teach you to gamble. <laughs> and I was like, fair enough. Fair enough. Like, but man, boxing, boxing was great. It did bring people together. And like, I don't, yep. I, I don't see the same thing. I wish the people that were super gifted in boxing would just stay super gifted in boxing and keep it going. You get a couple of great fighters every now and again coming mm-hmm. through the ranks you're like, man, this is gonna be awesome, but they're not gonna have anybody to fight, and it's mm. just gonna if yeah. they if they find one person that they're competitive with, it's gonna be those guys fighting three times, and then they're both gonna just go fight lesser competition mm. because that trilogy is done.
1: I think the I mean, you can you can uh, argue this point if you want, but I think the last great great heavyweight we saw was probably Lennox Lewis. I don't know, I mean Klitschko, some of those guys, but just really like. Because Boxers used to be polarizing figures, yeah. they were bigger yeah. than life. And a lot I think big, it yeah. was Lennox Lewis. I, I can't think of anybody, I think that's and when now, I started to lose interest. Way? I oh, can't remember, man, he was a big guy,
3: was he? Because I mean, you think Mike Tyson was a solid guy, too, right? And I think about it, I'm like, man, he's 220 pounds, <laughs> right? Not <laughs> but It's not huge. That's I weigh to, more than he that. He just
1: knew how to <laughs> hit, like, oh, you, yeah, you know how to yes. square up and. and you know, nail somebody and and not, knock them back five yards. yeah I don't. I don't know what. What do you think happened in the boxing world? I mean, do you do you follow it that closely? Or I mean, what? what I just. I nobody's ever really been able to explain and I haven't read anything like what happened. Yeah. Like they just went away. Yeah. Canelo Alvarez is exciting. There's some other guys, but no more. No more. Gone are the days of like the big
3: fight. Yeah. Well, I think Mark hit it the nail on the head. You know when. Dana White, and they opened up UFC, it just kind of, it, there was, it was more interesting to folks, right? Mm-hmm. It was, and it, it's, yeah, honestly, I think it's barbaric.
1: Yeah, I don't like it.
3: I don't like, just, it. I mean, I don't like it. Now they
1: call it I ground like and pound, it. but I remember yeah. uh, my nephew got married up in Philly um, last summer, and I remember going to a Buffalo Wild Wings, and I'm watching Floyd Mayweather and Jake Paul, or one of those Paul right. brothers, and I'm like, mm-hmm. this is the best we got. This is the what? best we've got now. Like it's a it's a prize fight. It was a, it was totally a, a soap opera. It was it was fake for all you know. It could fake. just be a, a sign of the times
2: if you think about it too. Like America's pastime used to be baseball, baseball. and it used mm-hmm. to be boxing.
1: Now it's UFC and football. Yeah, like without question, those are mm-hmm. the two most popular sports. Dollar wise, I I don't know. I, I would I would think so, but I think baseball is still. No, no, no I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying that it's not, but I'm just saying that's the that's
2: the old guard, right? The the new guard is ushering in their love of football and and UFC fighting, and that's what you can you can see. I mean, baseball is never going to go away because it's a major no. floor. Yep. you know what I'm saying? Yep. It's it's uh, it's up there. It's it, they're going to be popular. It's just going to be scaled, but every one of them is going to be popular. Mm-hmm. Um, boxing. UFC came in, boxing was all boxing had. They didn't mm-hmm. have any competition. There wasn't anything else. Then right. UFC came in, and it's the new shiny thing. So I can see a little bit more when um, the, the ADD generation prefers all the craziness of mm-hmm. a UFC fight over the technical science, which is the same, not to say that football is any less technical than baseball, but it's just a slower, more nuanced sport baseball is yeah. than,
3: than football. So Well, that- and you know what's interesting is – what happened in the game of football? The rule changes to increase the score, s- touchdowns, excitement, and that's really what started bringing. That's that's when it spiked because it was like man, scoring touchdowns, all the fun stuff, you know, firing the cannons, all that stuff. All that, you know, how does that make you feel the as a defensive player?
2: Ugh. Right? Ugh. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't make it well. I don't really. I don't really buy into. A lot of the rule changes, I don't like. I, if you're making a rule change for safety, yeah, I, I can buy into that. that. If it's if, it, right. if it's about player safety and it's really about player safety, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. But if it's about putting a higher scoring product out for the fans, like you are really,
3: you're making the sport lopsided. You're almost making it unfair, especially on your side of the ball. It will definitely so. Yes, on the defensive side, but. That's when women they they said women and children started watching more when the scoring went up, which means more ticket sales, TV all that all that stuff, right. Um, as a husband when your wife's like, "No, nah, I want to go to the game too." <laughs> like <laughs> creating harmony at home <laughs> I, fair enough fair enough. So there's silver linings to, silver everything, linings right? to it, right <laughs> But as a defensive player, yes, it definitely makes the game that much harder, you know um, because you're always you're not acting, you're reacting in a split of a second, you know. Um, but listen, you adapt, you pivot and adapt, and yeah, I miss the old
1: days. And I know, <laughs> you know, CTE is is no joke, and it's a terrible thing. And I hope they figure that out some days. And I know they've got the helmets, and but I miss. I'm not this old, but Dick Lane, who wore a cast <laughs> long after he didn't need the cast, just wrecking <laughs> people, just the club guys, and. <laughs> I don't know how how far back you go in in Falcons history or, or, or with the team or anything, but there was a guy in Atlanta named Scott Case. I know the name. Yep, that I know would, Scott. Yep. Oh, oh, oh my goodness, he would level people, <laughs> and people don't uh, realize this when you talk about some of the hardest hitters in football ever. Brian Jordan, man, that yep. dude can put a lick on you. The Hammer, Jesse Tuggle. Jesse I mean, Tuggle. I just miss yeah. those hits. Keith Brooking, and yeah. and and again, I get it, but man. Just knocking the hell out of somebody. I, I just the only thing that I think the only thing
2: that really bugs me now is like I'm I'm all about don't launch don't helmet to helmet like God mm-hmm. oh, that stuff's crazy that could that could actually like really I, it's football like mm-hmm. so you can get hurt on literally every play every single play. every single play yep. Collegiate but sport the clean hits like the ones you dream about the ones dreams are made of <laughs> like. Those ones, when you see that and, like, your body shakes and, like, yeah. you get so amped up and then all of a sudden you see laundry
1: all right. floating through the air. Here we go. Just like, <laughs> What is, was... is there one in your mind, like, in your whole career mm-hmm. that when you think about, boy, I really squared up on that dude and got him, like, what is it? Which one? Is there just one, <laughs> like, that sticks out in your memory just like, man, he woke up. I, I put that guy into the next week. That's how hard I hit him.
3: The way that I approached the game, um, I was more of a tackler than a hitter. You would see guys, you know, make a big hit, and sometimes guys stay on their feet. I was all about, nope, as a defensive back, you're going down, right? Last line of defense, you're going down. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, there have been times where there's been pretty big collisions, and I've had my my fair share of concussions, right, where you're getting knocked out of the game, Um, and I've seen some pretty big hits as well. But mm-hmm. there still are those shots. Oh you yeah, just, you just can't take it at the head, you right. know. A hundred percent. Put put that shoulder right, through, right through your just, chest. <laughs> and I see. I think.
2: I think what's happening for me too is that I, I you see it a lot in college football. Yeah, change the complete yeah um, balance of the game mm-hmm. because it, sometimes they're clean, sometimes they're targeting. But right, like you you impact a kid mm-hmm. so much when you take him out of the game yeah. and then the following game yeah, for a call that is speculative on the field made in a split second That's right. and you go back and review and you can't get a great angle, mm-hmm. but it's all about protecting people. But like eyes, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying not to be a conspiracy theorist in my old age, but sometimes
3: it feels like it's a very easy way to change. To change the, the outcome narrative. of the game. Yeah, yeah, no question. No question. And it, even times it's like you're moving at such a fast pace, right? If you're a receiver and you're stretched out and you think there's contact coming, your natural reaction is buckle down, right? Drop. Mm-hmm. Well, you're dropping. I already was where I was going and you changed In that split second, now I'm supposed to change, and just because I, I, you know, it can be accidental. I'm coming shoulder to chest, you catch and go (laughs)
2: fetal, and now I am head to head with you. I'm telling you,
3: yeah. It's nobody's,
2: at that point, I feel like it's nobody's fault, and I know they're trying to protect people, but I just, I don't, I don't understand that. But
3: what's also interesting is the studies show in the NFL, they came out, you know, because they're all, they are about health and safety, right? 100%. Um, Concussions aren't the biggest injury and career ending injury that's out there. It's lower extremities. So instead of going for your chest to the head, now I'm going for your knees. You you know, there's it's really not that there's no win. Right. <laughs> it's you, a collision sport. It's it's <laughs> do you feel like in it's like when people say you If
2: you play half speed, you're more likely to get hurt. hurt. That's right. Do you feel like that might be what some of these rule changes are are doing? Is causing people to, you know, be conscious of not doing something which causes them to play a half step different so they Um, don't helmet to helmet or they're conscious of what they can't
3: do. I think it, it changes how you have to approach it, right? And again, my mentality always anyway was I'm a tackler. I'm not a hitter. And so, man, make the catch. I'm going to bring you down. So you you mentioned
1: concussions and CTE. Um, you, you're, you're good to go. You get checked out. Is that something you have to follow I, up on like each year or keep an eye on?
3: Uh, not each year, but I have been checked out. I went and saw a brain specialist. I've been through all of that. Um, I try to just live life taking care of you. I mean, the brain, it's there, you know, trying to stay in shape, eat healthy, do all the right things, you know. Um, but I would be lying if I didn't say, I don't think about the next 10, 15, 20, 30 years of life
1: because you, uh, are a little younger than me. So you came from a time to where if you got your bell rung, it was kind of like, you no, know, shake it off, back in there, that's you know, like that's right. you okay. You, you can, that's you, know, right. you, know, you know, that's right. And speaking of which, uh, it's, it's, it's like sitting in the room and, and I'm going to say the word legend, but you played at Penn state. Under Joe Paterno, yes, and that to me, uh, I, I don't know. I think it's because I had a youth minister growing up, and he yeah. loved Penn State, so mm-hmm. I watched Penn State football. But for me, it just seems like that's just different. Like playing at Penn State and playing for Joe Paterno is just that's. I don't even. I I, I don't even have the words to describe it. I mean, I just what what was he like? I mean, I can't. And it, it, man, I was so sad mm-hmm. at the end because there, I can't think of another college coach or, or anybody whose entire existence. Mm-hmm. Joe Paterno was there for 60 years. Long time. He was a long time. B- by, you know, I don't want to say a boy, but in his early 20s. And then, I mean, it's crazy. Like, you can't say Penn State and not even just Penn State football, just Penn, Penn State. State. Yep. Everybody goes Joe Paterno.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, so what was he like? just as, as a leader, as
3: a coach? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so coming out of high school, there was a, um, I was recruited by a lot of different schools. And I'll say the first time that I sat down with Coach Paterno, uh, it was the first and really only time he talked to me like a grandfather. And he said, Brian, listen, I, I know you're getting looked at by a lot of schools, but um, when you make your decision, make your decision not based off of what your friends and family wants, don't make a decision based off of a football program. Um, make it based off of if you go to whatever school you go to, can you see yourself being a student? Because if football doesn't work out, whether it's here or somewhere else, I can't guarantee that it will. Making sure that you enjoy being in a student at that campus, because a lot of times people will go for just the sport, doesn't work out, they're going somewhere else. He said, "Coming here, I will make sure you go to class." I want to make sure that you graduate um, because this is such a small part of your life. And so even if football doesn't work out, you'll keep your scholarship. I mean, it really, I I felt like I was talking to my grandfather. That was the first thing that I really, really appreciated about it. Um, And a lot of people don't know this. If you were playing for Coach Paterno and you weren't going to class, it didn't matter if you were the star or not. He wasn't playing you. And he based it upon your potential. So if you were uh, an A student and you were making Bs and Cs, still eligible to play, it's like, no, you're, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing because I know you're better than that. So, And I, I promised you I was going to make sure that you succeeded in the classroom. And so that was Coach Paterno, the core of him. Um, and I know then the question is, like, when everything happened, right? Um, and so I can't speak for what the perception was. I can only speak to what he meant to me, Right. And while I was there, um, so when all that stuff went down, I I just was thinking something's just not right because he's not the guy that cares more about winning football games than he does about yeah kids definitely not like that's not that's not him something is not right Um, and you know shortly after that he got sick he passed away and then you know the narrative it it just kind of ran but um, man I had such a great time on that campus yeah such a great time he yes prepared me. For life, He said, I can't even imagine what it would be like to
1: just to, to, to meet him or have him in my in my living room. I just he gave everything he had, not just to the football program, but to Penn State University. Penn State. I mean, he was bigger than the president of that university. I mean, he is today, I still think Penn State University. So that was I'm just I was just yeah, like, man, this he's, guy he's done a play. lot for the
3: university. And, and every single person that has played underneath him, I think. They walk away having now a better person, well equipped, better, better equipped. I'll say for life. Before before talking to him, was that was Penn State where you wanted to go initially? Um, You know what's funny from up there. (laughs) You know what's funny. I never really watched a lot of college sports growing up. I was Eagles fan, Sixers, you know, um, Phillies, and are you still all those things? No, I moved down here, man. I'm, I'm, just, I'm checking. A, you know, just checking, uh, you yeah, know. No, no, no. <laughs> love the love the Hawks. Falcons, right? Braves. Um next time but, you're on the show, I'll get you
2: my John Collins
1: <laughs> choking and beat out
2: after he yammed on him. Yep.
3: <laughs> but you know, um in, in saying that, so when the colleges started coming in, I really I was like, man, this is kind of cool, but I didn't realize how big college football was, you know. Um and when, the, when they started coming in I was the Pennsylvania player of the year so I mean you name it I have a letter from them I still now so do you have a letter house, from yeah. a
1: certain university down here in Athens
3: I do oh i man. I do I do yeah at home there's you know those really big moving boxes I probably have six of them full to the brim of college letters
1: who so who was yeah. you, who was who was your pick uh I mean was there a favorite before Penn State or did you have some picks like hey I think I'm going to go here like who
3: who were kind of your yeah, your, so your top 3 top, maybe or something? 3, yeah, top 3 or 4. Uh UNC, UVA, Michigan, Penn State. Okay. Yeah. I go to Miami, school at Michigan right now. And uh was interested in Miami, but just thought it was it was far being from Pennsylvania. And uh they also were coming off of they had gotten in trouble. Right? And uh, what's interesting is, so I was like, well, nah, they're not bowl eligible because, you know, they're, they're still in these restrictions. <laughs> and then I get to Penn State. The next year, the 2000 team, 2000, 2001, some of the, the greatest collegiate team in the history, Miami Hurricanes. Yep. <laughs> they had some talent. I don't think people realize how talented they were.
2: Man, that was, no, that was that was dumb. The backups yeah. are going into the Hall of Fame. Right. You know what I <laughs> right. mean? Like that, the backups to the backups. Right. Yeah, like, it's
3: <laughs> that team was just good for years to just, come. It was crazy. The running backs. It was uh, Clinton Portis, McGahee, and, the and then backing him up was Gore. Yeah, and Gore just, wasn't even dressed. <laughs> oh, and t- tore his ACL
1: twice and still played in the NFL for like forty seven seasons. Like just a truck, <laughs> a beast. Uh, hold on,
2: just just think about that. That's like the
1: the running back with the most
2: longevity in NFL history, and Frank Gore. Willis McGahee,
3: yeah, in Clinton. And Clinton Portis, Portis.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah, Najee I mean, Davenport
3: I mean. was back there. <laughs> then the tight ends, Jeremy Shockey, and backing him up was Kellen Winslow. Yeah, I mean, there were so many first round picks and guys that went onto the league that year. It was re- it was ridiculous. The
1: look, think about it ridiculous. Frank Gore is he had probably for me the quietest Hall of Fame career, career. ever. Nobody knows it, but and I talk about it all. We were talking about it at a Braves game not too long ago. Somebody said, is Frank Gore still playing? I said, no. Nah, I think he finally hung up his cleats. I was like, mm-hmm. but he came into the league in like 1977. <laughs> like, It just seems like he played forever and just very quietly just started, just racked up the yards yeah. and racked up the just yards. Just a and workhorse. He, and yeah. he's going to Canton. Like just just every, a year, every year every of fantasy football, it's like, oh, shit, Frank Gore is on the board. Click. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. a workhorse.
3: That's right.
1: So, man, where are we going? I want, you know, you play, so the Bills, you played there for the bulk of your career. They have a great, incredible fan base. Like I said, they have, Mm -hmm. I see people down here with like a a silhouette of the state of Georgia and it says Bills country and I almost want to argue with them, but (laughs) for the sake of fun, can I tell two Bills jokes? Of course. Okay. Of course. Did you know that the Buffalo Bills got into the uh, drink coaster business? (laughs) Did not. Because they'll never leave a ring on your table. (laughs)
3: Ooh. <laughs> and then, and then <laughs> I have some
1: I have some friends that are Bills fans. But uh, do you know what Bills stands for? What does it stand for? Boy, I love losing Super Bowls. Ah. Ah. <laughs> but they so that kind of just shifts me into why we're doing what we're doing, and maybe you can kind of shed some light on it. Because and I know they're in every fan base. You know the Twitter GMs and the people who think they they know better. But I feel like it's more rampant down here, and we're not as unified. So years ago, we had a podcast in my basement. We just started it on a whim uh, with a guy who used to be the radio producer for the Atlanta Braves for about 10 seasons. And we were just kind of promoting it ourselves. None of us knew what we were doing except for him, and he he taught us a lot, and we kind of learned a little bit. But it was started out as we're not huge Atlanta sports radio fans. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because for better or worse, there's a lot of great people over there, but they're not from here. They, you know, Hugh Douglas is a, is a great guy, but he played for the Eagles. He's not emotionally invested. He He's, you know, he gets paid to bring us our news. Mm-hmm. And a, a lot of the personalities, uh, the, you know, they've self-proclaimed on the air, I'm a Patriots guy.
3: Mm. And,
1: and and we just, you know, they've been around for like 20 years. Right, the same, right. You kinda, so we said, you know, we're going to throw our hat in the ring and, and we'll put ourselves out there. I just wore a ridiculous cape. And a crown, you know. So we just felt like there was room in the market for another show and a more fan-centric kind of just three guys or four guys sitting around the bar talking Mm -hmm. about sports. And that's kind of who we are. So the question I wanted to ask you is, you know, when guys go play places or or get traded or sign, how much do they put into the fan base of, of, you know, do I want to play here? Is it even a thought at all? Or is there so many other things that – go into a player mm-hmm. picking where they play. Do yeah. they really think about like, I would rather not play there because the fans are terrible.
3: I don't know if that's the number one thing on the list. Definitely not. Yeah. But, um, you know, honestly, I mean, when I got down to Atlanta, I never thought all oh, of the fans when I first got, my first thought was when I got drafted was Michael Vicks, the quarterback, I'm <laughs> getting to play with Mike. <laughs> um, and then you know, a huge fan base when I got traded to New Orleans, again, it wasn't, man, the fan base is awesome. That's an awesome fan base in New Orleans. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's a, if it's top of mind, but it definitely plays a part because once you get to that city and, you know, you get acclimated and you get it, especially when you get out in the community and you get a chance to, to meet the fans, man, they're they're everything. And you realize, like, and especially the fans that it's more to them, it's more than a game, Right. Like when you when you really talk to fans and, you know, it's a cool story. Um, while in New Orleans, met a couple of fans where they came up and they were like, thank you for what you do." doing. I'm like, well, I don't. What are you talking about? You know, you don't understand ever since I was a kid, the moments of my dad taking me to these games and being able to just disconnect and spend that quality time he since has passed on but by me going to the games it brings back that feeling and that memory of him so it's more than a game right so for a lot of fans when you see they get really really upset because you know a team might have lost it's more than just the the, the scoreboard right mm-hmm. there it's really deep so i can appreciate that true fans i really appreciate cuz it's I'm, it's it's bigger than just the sport i'm going to tell right.
1: you a story and it might make you tear up a little bit for what you're talking about i think So, Mark is a a a Falcons all the way. Mm -hmm. He's he's a fanboy. I'm a Braves Mm fanboy. Now, I love the Falcons. I love the Hawks, but like how he, you know, how he is with the Falcons, I am with the Braves. And here's why: one of the reasons I love the Atlanta Braves so much because what you were just saying. When I think about the Atlanta Braves, I think about being about five or six years old Mm -hmm. in Madison, Georgia, sitting on my grandmother's front porch. She lived in a trailer. Out in the middle of nowhere, crickets chirping, fireflies. Mm-hmm. She's snapping green beans in a bucket. <laughs> I have a bottle Coke. It's ice cold. The, you know, the air's kind of thick. And Ernie Johnson, who used yeah. to call, he's on the radio, on the radio. in the background. Mm-hmm. And I'm just sitting, and she dips snuff, and she's just spitting her <laughs> snuff and snapping her green beans, and we're just listening to a Braves games. And my feet's yeah. hanging off the porch. And when Swing, I think about yeah. that, I'm like, man, I love the Braves so much. And yeah. It's, but that's the, th- the you know, kind of what we're doing is, is almost like fan accountability because mm-hmm. we think some of these fans out here in Atlanta need to be held accountable for their actions because, mm-hmm. I think they put too much on players, too much pressure maybe to perform or I don't know I just don't think they they respect how hard it is to get out there and do it week mm-hmm. in and week out and how hard winning is yeah, you know just like the whole thing in the beginning where they were just ready. To, to say, well, you know, Desmond Render's not leaving without a Super Bowl. And it's like, come on, man. Like, just stop it with that. And they don't understand, like, you know, two, three weeks in a row, Brian Scott, he's the king of the world. He's great. One bad game. Get that guy out of here, he man. He's, all, he's boo. Yeah. You know, and I'm yeah. just like, but stop you, it. Stop you gotta, it. You got to think,
2: too, like, we're all roughly the same age most of these kids that are doing or i say kids because that's that's what you lump yeah. them into but most of the people that you're seeing that are like on the internet all the time and mm-hmm. they're they're the people the contrarians that just see somebody post something about something and just want to watch the world burn by posting yep. something mm-hmm. online like these guys don't understand what it's like to have like dirty fingertips because you're pulling through the sports section of an actual newspaper because you actually care so much about sports. Yeah. You'll read the box score to every baseball game. Mm-hmm. You'll know the starting lineup to every major league team just because you read it every single day because you actually truly love and you connect with it. Yeah. The, the internet has become this place where it, and I feel like maybe it's given. Uh, as much as I, I agree with everything that we're talking about here, like sometimes I feel like it's people that don't care at all mm. that just want to to jump in trolls, and, and, yeah, start a fire and run away and watch it burn from <laughs> you, afar. You do have
3: some of that, of course,
2: but of it, course, it's it it is sports is is so much bigger than just sports. And Mm -hmm. I know some people, some people play, but like you can tell the people that have the real connection. Yeah. You can tell the people that, that love. And, and I'm Mm -hmm. not saying the people, all the people that are negative about their sports team, maybe something happened in like, that's, Mm -hmm. that's what's bigger to you. Maybe that sports team connects you with a memory of negativity. That's right. And and that's why you're negative about that specific team. Even though deep down, you probably love them. Mm -hmm. It probably brings up something that you don't like, but like, the passion is what's important to me. Like, I'd like to see that you're passionate about it and you're like the same. It's just the people that are, it's the hot takers now. Yeah. Like something happens, something minuscule happens and it's like getting in on a stock early. Mm -hmm. You want to be the first person to say somebody sucks. Mm -hmm. And so when they do suck, you can be like, yeah, I told you, Yeah, I got it. I'm right. Look at me. But (laughs) like that, but so many, it, it's a lot, it, and then people see that, and it snowballs. Mm. Unfortunately, for everything good the internet is, it also brings that upon us.
1: Yeah. It does for sure. So we still got a little further to go, and I would be remiss if I didn't say this, but in 2012, you were the Walter Payton Man of the Year, and could you tell us yeah. a little a yeah. bit about that and how it went down and, and what it felt like to win that award?
3: Very humbling award. Um, you know, I have such a... Um, uh, I love to be in the community. I love to give. That's really what fills my cup, right? And um, what's really cool is when I first got in the league, my rookie year, it was Warwick Dunn, who won the award here in Atlanta. And um, and I just kind of asked him about it. And I also told him, I said, hey, I'm, trying to, I'm thinking about starting a foundation because I just want to give back. And he would always say, well, do, what's, do what you're passionate about. You know, if you're not passionate about running football camps then don't run football camps, just do what you're passionate about. And his platform was building homes for single moms. Right. That was his story. Um, and I've always been passionate about music and about the arts. <laughs> and so I started a foundation called the Pick Your Passion for the Arts Foundation. And um, as it grew, every off day, I would adopt a, a high school and we would go and we would support the local arts communities. he would go see the symphony, he'd go to a, an art gallery um, you know, go to maybe a restaurant if you're into culinary arts. And uh, that's just what I did. And, you know, anytime I had downtime on an off day, I was just out in the community doing something. So at the end of the year, there was an event going on. It was actually one of my events where I brought kids to it and, and the Bills organization came. And uh, they said, Brian, we got a surprise for you. We're going to present you with something. And they presented that award. <clears throat> yeah, the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award for the Bills. Uh, the waterworks came on. I mean, I, I wasn't expecting it. It was really... Yeah. Really cool, you know. Um, that's a hell of a surprise. It is. It, it really is. It really is.
1: Um, I would argue it's probably, I'm probably just talking out of my ass here, but more important than a lot of other awards. Like, of all the awards you can win in yeah. the National Football League, that's up there with, like, MVPs and, and other awards. It's it's really special, and it's really because it's just one right for it, the whole entire league so yeah what they one do guy is wins it they, right they take
3: one guy from each team the nominees okay. and then from there they choose one yeah you know the nfl walter payton man of the year award yeah but not too many people can claim that yeah it's great because it, it recognizes your your what you do on the field as well as more importantly off the field right um so it's it yeah it's it's a great award i'm glad that they're doing it and they're making big deal about it too
1: as as they should on, on
3: TV, you know they're now bringing in all the guys, everyone that from the team. They all stand up on stage. It, it's just really cool. It's really cool. It does a good great. job with it. Yeah.
1: So we've got more because I, I texted Mark last night. I said, "Man, I, I said I knew who he was, but I'm just deep diving here. I was like, this is an interesting guy." You, <laughs> and and Mark asked you this earlier. You were you were in a movie.
3: As well. <laughs> oh. was. Man, y'all dug pretty far. <laughs> oh. I'm
1: trust telling so trust and believe I was up very <laughs> yes. late trying to find a way to watch it. We weren't not gonna be prepared. I don't,
3: I don't think it's still out. I didn't
2: it, it, watch it, it, House <laughs> of the Dragon last night searching for your searching movie. For
3: <laughs> I don't think it I don't think it ever made it to DVD. It definitely wasn't, you know, in the movie theater. And uh that came from so Monday night on the mic, um, Seeing that, and I, I played both the piano and the drums with Michelle's uh, Michelle Branch's band, and so this movie called "White Men Can't Rap," <laughs> it was a spoof on you know it had music to it, and they needed a drummer, and they asked me if I wanted to be the drummer in the movie. <laughs> so my character's name was called Tater. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. But so, we, we do we we have Eminem,
1: like one white dude can <laughs> rap. So we, there's that.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I I watched the preview. Yeah. I did get to see the preview of it. It looked like it was man, it was bad. hysterical. <laughs> it looked hysterical. <laughs> I really want to watch it. If you ever come across Movie Night, I don't, even know, I don't night. Even
3: know where to find it. Yeah. How
2: weird would it be
1: it if we invited you over and you watched it with us? Would that be weird?
2: <laughs> would that be similar to your Walter <laughs> be Payton be surprise up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. He'd be like, "Man, I got to go." I'm just I don't want to watch this with these guys anymore. These guys are weird.
2: So, speaking of movies, I asked you earlier, and just to set up our fave five for this week, yes. because we're eventually going to have to tell everybody what our fave five Adam Sandler movies are. Are okay. you an Adam Sandler fan? <laughs> I am an
3: Adam Sandler fan, yes. If you, um,
2: if you had to pick... Top five. top, And just you know, your favorite yeah. five, can, no particular one. Can I give
3: three? Sure. Three I, I really like. So, um, Mr. Deeds. Yeah, man. <laughs> Never underestimate uh, my sneakiness. 50 first dates.
1: <laughs> That's a
2: good one. Also
3: great. Yes.
1: Rob Schneider in that movie, the animal trainer, like man, Oh, Rob he's is so hilarious. He is, so movie, he is so funny.
2: He is so
0: funny. He gives the dolphins right. weed brownies. Yes. <laughs> so
1: they can do their tricks.
3: <laughs> yeah. And then Happy Gilmore. Those are yeah. Those are my three. Those are my three. Fair enough. I I
2: put this uh, so I I just tried to rather than just pick something every week because it's going to be what I want to talk about. So I, I put the poll up just yeah. to see. And I, I put like throwback uniforms, okay. Adam Sandler movies, breakfast cereals, and I, uh, what, running backs, I think, just just to give a variety. Yeah. And I think we only had like five votes, but everybody voted for it. Adam, Adam Sandler, Sandler movies. movies. Come on. You and as soon wrong. as that hit, I'm like, yeah. as much as that's great, now I have to pick. Five. Now I'm just gonna rack my brain and it's gonna be a last minute decision. I'll be second guessing myself all the way till I say the last one.
1: Man, I think I gotta go with Billy Madison.
3: Billy Madison is a great one. Yeah.
1: Easily happy Gilmore. Mm -hmm. Just because Carl Weathers. Everybody I'm a I'm a Carl Weathers guy, man. I love that dude. And I actually cheered for Apollo in the Rocky movies just because he was so cool and he was such a badass and he was cocky and I was like Oh, man, God, Adam, Adam sandler Murphy's are tough.
3: And I got, oh, the the one he where he was the uh, the quarterback. Was that, or he was the linebacker. The water boy. The water boy, yes. The foosball. Yes, foosball. <laughs> Gatorade.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Water sucks.
3: <laughs> it really, <Okay>. really sucks. <laughs>
1: Fonzie is the head football coach. I mean, how could, I mean, Henry Winkler, uh, but anger management is good. So, oh
3: yeah, there's so there's so many. I mean, there's so many, right?
1: Uncut Gems. Yeah, was I,
2: I feel like you got to take that yeah, take know. that one out because we're we talking comedies. I guess uh, no, no, no. You could you can pick whichever ones you want because it's yeah. your favorite five. But I, honestly, man, Uncut Gems should be just like in its own category. That movie had like that movie had zero breaks in it. It was nonstop. There were no cut scenes, no nothing. Mm. That was a, just like a two-hour-long anxiety attack. <laughs> it was, inc- I mean, but it was incredible at the end. I was like, <gasps> like, it it was great. You don't, you don't imagine Sandler on that one. And you don't have to give your fave five now because I am full blown, not ready for it. And yeah. I might have my don't own have to panic, kick that panic one around. attack. Yeah. No, there, there is really, once you start thinking, there's so many of them. But the one thing about Adam Sandler that I appreciate and people, people knock his movies, but not every movie is going to be an mm-hmm. Oscar worthy Showing, but it they're always entertaining. And that yeah. man, if that man doesn't go find just the most beautiful
1: women to
2: kiss in every <laughs> one of his movies,
1: Jennifer Aniston, man, oh. Brooklyn
2: Decker. Uh, um, why can't I think of her name? Desperado, uh, Salma Hayek. Salma, Salma Hayek. Hayek. Like yeah. the, the list. Yeah. The list. It's endless. Hey, endless. He's got. He's got Brooklyn Decker and Jennifer Aniston
1: in the same movie. She's Jennifer Anderson, man. She's my it girl, uh, her and Liz Hurley, but man, friends growing up still now, just if I ever meet her, it's, it's over breaking up with my girlfriend. Sorry. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so another question I wanted, and, and we're running, we're, we're running almost out of time. You, you have to, uh, do other things, but favorite football player growing up. And when, when did it kind of start to, for you, you said, you know, I want to, be a professional football player. Or this yeah. is the path I want to take. What, what age and, and what age did somebody, you know, maybe come to you or your parents and say, Hey, you, you, you got a, a very talented young man here.
3: So running backs, um, Eric Dickerson, and then Barry Sanders love to see those highlights. I grew up an Eagles fan. So Randall Cunningham mm-hmm. love to see, you know, him play. Um, again, I didn't watch a heck of a lot of TV, Cause I was always the one that was outside wanting to play, and I always thought I was going to be the next Michael Jordan, like every kid, right? Um, Sometimes I started, dream. That's right. He
1: is me.
2: There boom, boom, boom. Yeah.
3: Sorry, I had to do that. Um, and you know, I I grew pretty quickly, so I started dunking in basketball when I was in the seventh grade, and I was thinking, man, I'm going to be tall and stop growing, and um, played basketball in high school, and I played football, obviously. And I still was thinking, I want to go on to play basketball in college. Well, when the college letters started coming in, it was all division one football. I might have gotten one division three letter for basketball. (laughs) So I was thinking, well, I guess football is choosing me and uh, because I want to play at a big school. And so that's really when it was. So being
1: the age that you are. And I think maybe he was a couple of years younger, but being up in that kind of uh, football basketball scene, did you ever did you ever cross paths with the Mamba?
3: Yes. Okay. I did do you I have did. A, do you have a Kobe Bryant story? I totally or? do. Right. That's a great. Heck yeah. I totally awesome. do. So, um, yes, he went to Lower Marion, which was in our in our district. But uh, before I knew who he was, so Pennsylvania, they have this thing called the Keystone State Games. And it's where they take every region of the state, you know, split it up and then they bring you together. It's almost like Olympics for high school sports and uh, they have different age groups. So Kobe, a little older than I am, he played in the team higher than my team, but we were still from the same region and I didn't know who Kobe was. But uh, after we played our game, the younger kids would play in the morning. And then everyone was like, all right, we got to hurry up and go over and see the bigger guys play. Cause we want to see Kobe. And I'm like, "Who's Kobe. What, what are they talking about? So this, this guy, they, they take the court, and the strategy was four guys on the court, they would go to one side, Kobe would have the ball on the other side of the court because you couldn't play zone defense. You had to play man-to-man. <laughs> and Kobe was just tearing up the guy that was covering him. I mean, he was doing it all. I had never seen anything like that. So at halftime, before they go into the locker room, this one girl in the crowd is like, Kobe, take it between the legs. And he just points, and he's like, I got you. They come out after halftime, the very first possession, Kobe gets a steal, comes down, fast break, between the legs, slam dunk. What he did his rookie year in the dunk competition, I was like, this dude is unbelievable. So that was my first experience. And then afterwards, we all go back to the hotel, and, I mean, we would just sit in the lobby. Kobe was, like, sitting in this chair, big chair, just sitting there, and everyone's just kind of crowded around, like, Indian style, just asking questions, you know. I was like (laughs) – Man, is legit.
1: <laughs> so I can't think of a better way to end the show than than a Kobe Bryant story. That's crazy. I mean, what was he probably eighteen or nineteen at yeah, the time? Yeah, so. young kid,
3: young kid. Could you
1: could you just maybe maybe not like right away, but like looking back, maybe just kind of tell where he was headed? Because people don't know this. A lot of people don't know he's a super intelligent person. Yep. He spoke, yep, God, six or seven languages. Yeah, a very uh, awesome person, and that's a whole other story for another time but when we talk about uh, greatest of all time because there's certain people that aren't even in the top five, but they think they are, but we <laughs> won't go there. But again, man, thank you so much for coming on our, our little show here, but it's going to be a big show, I feel, but uh, really, really, you have no idea how much it means, and thanks to Tim and Jared for we're getting it all shored up, but it was a pleasure to meet you, man. Thank you. I had a great time, time me, talking It was great. I yeah. hope maybe you come back on, and then you can, you know, call and say, "Hey, man, I I, I got a podcast now too that I go on. You know, give <laughs> give some rival." <laughs> To your family members and say, hey man, I got, you know, mine's better than yours, the competition. Probably not. But we're gonna <laughs> well, get there one day. We can let
2: Doug, day. let Doug and Ryan know they've yeah. been replaced on our show.
1: <laughs> but anyway, uh man, it was great talking to you and, and maybe we'll come back and talk some Atlanta sports, but we just wanted to get you on here and 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 fan out and and it was really cool. And uh what an amazing time. And other than that, he's got a photo shoot. we're just going to sit around and talk about how we had uh, Brian Scott here today. And other than that, we'll see you next time. Atlanta. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. Do you believe the new year is the perfect time to start building credit scores because when your credit scores increase your opportunities do too, like loan approvals and lower interest rates. Chime makes it easier to keep building your credit with a secured Chime credit builder visa credit card. You can use Credit Builder everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. Chime helps you build your credit score safely by using your own money to make everyday purchases and on-time payments. To apply, just open a Chime checking account with a $200 qualifying direct deposit. And don't stress, there's no annual fee or credit check required to apply and get started. Start building your credit history and finding new opportunities with the secured Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Late payment may negatively impact your credit score. Results may vary.
3: Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop.